0: Welcome to P is for Properties, the podcast where we talk everything real estate from A to Z. I'm your host, Landon Stone, here to guide you through the ins and outs of the property world. Each episode of this podcast is a new letter, a new topic, and a fresh perspective on the real estate industry as a whole. I'll share stories from my own journey, lessons learned, and strategies that work it's not just about buying and selling. It's about understanding the market, understanding the industry, handling challenges, and seizing opportunities. After all, real estate isn't just contracts and negotiations, it's about people, dreams, and homes.
1: Hey, episode one of P is for Properties. What's going on? The sky? I didn't say what's up.
0: (laughs) Oh, what's going on? Um,
1: Your shirt's going on.
0: My shirt is going on. It's a really nice shirt, and I got some Chick Fil A on
1: it. Yeah, mine stand as well. Um, So, what are we doing here?
0: Well, right now we're sitting at our conference room table, trying to figure out how can we create some content that's beneficial for both real estate agents but also consumers, and so. P is for properties um, is a little bit of an inside joke, I think, that we made up yesterday. Mm -hmm. I uh, love rap music, and I wanted to name this podcast Pushin' P. P is for properties, but apparently that is trademarked, and so we're not going to do that, and so we're here to talk about properties We want this to be educational and fun. We want to keep it playa. Playa. Playa, playa. So
1: what is this podcast going to be primarily about?
0: Well, I think that that's going to be greatly dependent upon (laughs) the shit that we talk about. Yes. Um, Our ultimate goal for this podcast is to educate agents and real estate professionals about some of the challenges and some of the scenarios and some of the education and all of that stuff that we face but also in a format that is digestible for the the consumer as well. Ideally what I would love to be able to do is talk about some of the things that we're facing and some of the conversations that we're having with people in our world both our team members, our partners and our consumers that can hopefully provide value and insight into the uh, industry as a whole and help real estate agents become better, but also a glimpse kind of into the things that we're dealing with and the challenges that we're facing and where we're coming from, from a consumer standpoint. So I think it's twofold. If you're an agent listening, this podcast is for you. It's to help address some of the scripts that we have some of the challenges that we have some of the lessons that we've learned and some of the uh, the fun stuff that comes along with real estate and if you're a buyer a seller an investor someone that's thinking about getting into real estate well i hope that this is for you too so that you can get an inside look into what is it like to be a real estate professional? What are the challenges that we face in this industry? Because I think that there's a lot of misconceptions around the board as to the value that the real estate professional brings to the table. And so if I were to have one goal, we're going to have fun. If I were to have a second goal, it would be that people actually learn a little something in these and, uh, That they enjoy listening, hopefully.
1: And the format is going to be fun because it's going to go through the alphabet, Mm -hmm. a different letter of the alphabet every episode.
0: The English alphabet.
1: The English alphabet.
0: So P is for properties. We're going to start from A and literally go down through Z with each episode being a different letter. So I'd love especially early listeners, if they're listening and they have a suggestion for a particular letter of the alphabet that would be a fun topic to talk about um, that we tune in to give a little bit of a sneak peek. What is what are we going to talk about on A, B and C?
1: Spoiler alert. A is for assholes.
0: Yeah. So in I think in any industry and I hope that people can pull value from this and apply it to their career field or whatever it is that they're doing in life. Um, So I wouldn't say that this is just applicable to real estate. I have encountered a lot of assholes. Yes. And there's a balance, right? Like we we need to serve our clients. We need to be the fiduciary for them. And uh, we also need to know how to handle assholes. We also need to know how to not be an asshole ourselves. And Mm -hmm. that's a balance.
1: Yeah. So, because this is the first episode and not everyone knows you at this point, um, I want to ask you what passion or specific interest led you to real estate?
0: What led me to real estate was um, I touched a little bit on this on the growth notes podcast that I've recently started, which is just a daily kind of insight into my growth journey, but also to daily a formula that we should be able to apply to our personal and professional lives. I was in retail sales before this. I went to college to become an attorney. And while I was in suit sales, specifically, I worked with a lot of attorneys and not to speak, on attorneys as a profession, but I didn't really like any of them that I worked for. And they were always seemed to be stressed and more negative people. And then on the flip side, I worked with real estate professionals and they seemed to just be overall happier people. They were kinder and more understanding to the retail professional. And when I just looked at like, who do I want to become? I don't want to become a negative person who's always looking or expecting someone to be like trying to get at you or mm-hmm. whatever. And then one day I looked up in this, in this sales environment, I had become a retail store manager. I made good money, but I also worked a lot of hours. That was another reason why I didn't want to become an attorney was I didn't want to have to work 80 hours a week for who knows how long before I could work my way up and through the system. And, so after kind of basically doing that exact thing in, in retail, I experienced a ceiling both in like what were my next steps, but also I didn't want to continue having to say no to family time during the holidays. I didn't want to continue not being able to have Sundays off or go to church with my family or be home at a decent hour to tuck my kids into bed. Even though I didn't have kids at that time, I knew that that was a part of my life that I wanted to have. And so I looked back at real estate and the freedom that it could provide. So 2016, I bought my first house. While I still had a good W-2 income, I wanted to be able to get that loan and create some stability. And then that was November 2016. March 2017, I brought, bought my first investment property.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I did all of the work on it myself with the help of my family, and we fix and flipped that. I sold it in September of 2017. and from there, I went into real estate brokerage full time. I got my license while I was there. I quit my full-time job in May of 2017 because I realized that I couldn't balance both being a great store manager and taking good care of this investment. And then as I approached the end of that investment, I also decided like I worked more hours doing that flip than I had ever worked in my life. And so I wanted to take a step back and kind of come at it as an advisor, go into brokerage, learn a little bit more before I risked it all like I did again.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's safe to say that the freedom and, you know, the availability, spend more time with your family has panned out the way you were hoping. I mean, I see your kids a lot. So I'm assuming (laughs) you see your kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely spend a lot more time with family now than I ever have. We were fortunate enough in 2021 to go back to Texas. I moved from Texas to North Carolina in 2015. We were able to go back to Texas and spend some time with my wife's family for like three or four months. And I was able to work from Texas, which I definitely couldn't have done that as a retail store manager. Couldn't have done that as an attorney. I couldn't have done that in a lot of different ways. But just getting into real estate doesn't give you freedom of time. I found Mm -hmm. in my very first year in real estate, I was working more and harder than ever. I was saying no to even more opportunities to spend time with family and i had to it's a it's a physical conscious decision of priorities that i had to set just because i wanted something didn't mean that i was actually following through with it until i made time with my family and made the the advantages of the freedom an actual priority
1: so the the freedom wasn't just automatic. You went into real estate. Oh, now I have all the freedom in the world. The opportunity was there, but you had to kind of restructure your life to take advantage of that opportunity for freedom.
0: Yeah, 100%, because when you go into something like real estate or entrepreneurship or working for yourself, no one's there to make you clock in and clock out. And uh, there is a lot of structure that you have to set for yourself. And a lot of people get into it and be like, I can set my own hours. I'm going to work for myself. Well, if you don't show up to work, you go broke. Mm-hmm. And uh, I understood this going in, but at the same time, there's also no one there telling you to clock out. And so I would wake up and work from six in the morning to nine or 10 at night and All I did was work because I didn't have the structure to go home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are the exact opposite. They don't have the structure to go to work, but there's a balance there. And you've got to figure out a great way to not just balance, but more importantly, integrate your work and your personal life in a way where you can live your life by design. And it starts with figuring out exactly what it is that you want to do and what you want to get out of this newfound career or this reinvention of your career and then work yourself backwards and put together a plan down to the day on what you should be doing. What are your priorities? When are you going to, you know, punch out? When are you going to punch in? And I don't like literally punch out or punch in, but I've got to set some boundaries for myself on like, I, I got to stop for the day. Entrepreneurship is an ever ending endeavor that there's not a hard stop. You don't just come to work to leave at five. Mm -hmm. And so you have to, you have to actually structure yourself and you have to plan ahead on a weekly, a daily, a quarterly and a yearly basis. If you want to succeed in something like entrepreneurship, working for yourself, um, sales,
1: Yeah. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't know how to set for themselves, whether it's boundaries or priorities. A lot of people just don't know where to start. So that's something that I have found on this team. You are good at helping people establish those things because it's coming into real estate right off the bat. You're like, well, how do I, you know, you're, you're here for the freedom and the limitless opportunity, but it's hard to organize that all and know how to actually go about it.
0: Yeah. And spoiler on episode two, B is for boundaries. Boundaries. So we won't go too far into that right now, but yeah, I mean, anything that I plan on talking about in any kind of format is based not on theory, but based on experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the structure of my schedule and the boundaries that I set are all based on mistakes that I have made. I nearly quit real estate my first year because I didn't know how to not take a phone call at 9.30 from a seller that could have waited to call me until 9.30 the next morning.
1: Right.
0: But who do I need to look at when that's a problem? Well, if I answer the phone, I train that consumer or that client that it's okay to call me at 9.30 at night. She also in this case, like would have had no problem with me not answering the phone and calling back in the morning. But I had to walk through that and I had to walk through some resentment and some issues that I had and then take a step back and be like, you know what? No, this is a me problem, not a them problem. I'm training them that this is acceptable behavior. And just as easily as I can answer the phone, I can easily say, hey, if you ever call me at 930 at night, I promise I will not answer. And I also promise that I will call you back the next day. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's all that people want is clear communication as to what is going to happen next and knowing how they can get a hold of you or what to expect. If you shoot me an email, don't necessarily expect to get a reply the same day. But I do make a commitment to respond to all communications by the end of the day or within 24 hours, depending on when that communication came in. Mm -hmm. I don't have any problems with that. Where I have found problems is when people don't know that, then they're upset because I'm, quote, not responsive. Yeah. So it's really important to communicate around those boundaries and around those expectations With your customers, but also your family, your friends and everything else too. That was a big thing that I went through getting into real estate. Like everyone just thought, oh, you get to set your own schedule. So when we want to go to a family dinner or we want to go to a family lunch or we want to set a family vacation, we just expect you to say yes, because you have no boss to give you time Mm -hmm. off. Um, And that was a struggle to navigate at one point too.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll step on boundaries there because I don't want to give too much away, but um, I want to talk kind of about the passion part of it, because I'm wondering if, you know, being in real estate now a number of years, has anything shifted for you as far as you've discovered a new aspect of it that you're more passionate about that you maybe didn't know before? Whether it's working with clients or maybe, you know, teaching agents, like, is there something that's developed that you now have a greater passion for than you kind of went in with?
0: I don't actually think so. I think refined would be the better word than developed. When I got into real estate, my goal was to help people create massive wealth through real estate. The how behind that has shifted Mm -hmm. in my mind. When I got into real estate, there was, I was driven a lot by ego. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to sell the most amount of homes and selling the most amount of homes meant that I did it. I wanted to be the primary communication person for all things. And again, like that, that led me to a lot of burnout because you physically can't do it alone. My passion is helping people create wealth in real estate that has not changed but the way that I want to do that and the way that I find myself making the biggest impact has, and I have shifted from like wanting to work with all of the consumers that I have. I love working with investors, but mm-hmm. what I love more than that is working with real estate agents and helping them help other people. When I look at my mission and my vision to help like as many people as I possibly can develop wealth in real estate um doing it through others is a way more scalable effective and efficient way to do it than to Mm -hmm. just try and do it all of my own and when I also look at the customer experience aspect of it I can do it better by partnering with other people that do Mm -hmm. things better than I do
1: right um so one thing I think we hear a lot of people who maybe are newly licensed, um, they're kind of teetering on the fence of quitting their job and fully jumping into real estate because that's probably the scariest part is giving up that, that consistent income that you can count on. So how would you advise people who are kind of on the fence trying to make that decision of taking that leap?
0: Um, Know what you're getting yourself into, I would say, is the biggest piece. We've had several people along the way over the past several years join our team, want to make it in real estate, and have absolutely no idea what that statement even means. Mm -hmm. They have no idea the commitment that it takes to do – 1099 sales, like 100% commission. Um, They think that you get your real estate license and the sky just opens up and money falls in their lap. They think that just because they become a real estate agent, all of their family and friends are going to look to them as an expert. And that's very ignorant to think. I was very blessed looking back that when I got into real estate... I got into real estate in an environment where I'm not from here, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so I didn't have family or friends to look to to just give me their business, and I think that there's a lot of entitlement in the real estate industry of just because you know me, you should use me when they haven't done anything to earn the right for that person's business, And they're not willing to put in the work to develop the skills and the experience to be worthy of their family or their friends' referrals. When you specifically look at real estate in and of itself, this is the biggest purchase and the largest investment that the vast majority of Americans will ever make in their life. Why do people think that they can just get a license and be automatically trusted with the biggest investment of their life if you were laying on a surgery table and needed open heart surgery how comfortable are you going to feel with the resident running the operation yeah true i mean the real estate is not life or death but people get so down because they're like well i posted on social media and no one no one wants to work with me But you're not doing anything really to go out and get the business. So like know what you're getting yourself into. Talk with people that are actually doing it and get the real story. Like how did you start? Now there are people that get their license, post on social media a couple times, and the business just flows in. Mm -hmm. But know that they are abnormal. And if you think that's going to happen to you, that's just like playing the lottery in a lot of cases. And so you've got to earn that. Not to say that a few months down the road, it doesn't start, but you need to know what you're getting yourself into. You need to have a plan. And a lot of that, you know, you need to have the money available so that you can focus on it. That was part of my strategies. When Mm -hmm. I flipped my house, I was like, you know what? I'm going to flip this house. That's going to put enough money to the side where I can make no money for a few months. And remain focused on my one thing, and that's to get real estate clients.
1: So how much, I mean, I've heard different things, you know, maybe three months or six months worth of covering all your bills, all your, you know, your rent, whatever it is. How much do you think is a safe amount to be able to go in?
0: There's multiple parts to that question. Mm -hmm. Multi- most people will say six months. That's what I put it to the side. It did not take me six months to get my first paycheck. It shouldn't take anyone six months to get their first paycheck. If they have the right training resources okay. and coaching on our teams, we expect you to get your first paycheck within the first 60 days. Now that's not just given to you. You have to put in the work and you have to follow the systems and the processes and listen to the mentors that you're partnering with to then do it. And that's the biggest fault of a lot of new agents is they want to do things their way and they have never sold a house in their life before. Mm -hmm. I did exactly what I was told to do. And I took two months to get my first check. But by the end of my first three months in real estate, seriously, I sold 10 houses My first full year in real estate, so January to December of 2018, I sold 33 houses. And I didn't know any better, but what I did know is in order to get clients, I need to meet people. In order to meet people, I need to reach out to people. Never did I just expect the business to come to me, and a lot of us will sit on the computer, post, hey, I'm a real estate agent, and then expect this business to just come to them that's everyone's dream that's what we're working for and at some point yes that can happen but having a plan to go out and get the business to take control of your circumstances as opposed to expecting things to come to you or the make or break so to answer your question like if you're really committed have two months' savings and make sure that there is nothing that will get in the way of you doing it hmm if you want to play it safe and have a little bit of doubts within on can I make it or can I not, have six months. But I could almost promise you that the committed people that come into this business, gung-ho, willing to do whatever it takes. If they have 2 months savings, they will be better off than the ones that come in with a six-month safety blanket and saying, well, you know, if nothing happens in three months, I'll just go back to what I was doing before. It's really about commitment and it's about mindset and it's about confidence.
1: So before you jump off that fence, you want to have between two to six months saved up. Um, And then what would be like, you know, you said, get the insight, know what you're getting into. What is the best way do you think for people to really learn what they're going to be getting into?
0: So, our company puts on a webinar almost every month. Um, and it talks about how to make six figures in real estate. And, uh, you know, that sounds like a catchy tagline and that's what everyone really wants to do. Whenever I meet people, I'm like, what are your financial goals? Well, I want to make six figures. Um, really what this webinar is about is just that, like it's a discussion about what the what the schedule of a highly productive real estate agent looks like. What are the expectations? Mm -hmm. What does a top performer actually do on a day-to-day basis to go get business instead of expect business to be brought to them? That would be an excellent place to start. You can always reach out to myself and my team um, to set up something a little bit more in-depth if you ever wanted to really find out, like, is this real estate thing for me? And... We can have a chat, but you definitely do want to have some reserves. I don't want yeah. anyone to, to take from this that I need to be irresponsible and just burn all the ships. You've got to take action, but you also have to take the right action. Mm-hmm. We uh, we talk um, in our companies is there's three success principles of real estate. You need to say the right things. That's, that's a skill set. That's training. That's scripts. You need to say it enough times, which means – If you want to sell a certain amount of houses, you better have enough conversations to meet enough people to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to know conversion statistics. You need to know like, how many people do I need to talk to, to get an appointment? How many appointments do I need to have to get a closing and reverse engineer that? But also you need to have enough people to say it to. If you have a pond of a hundred people that you know, and you expect to sell 20 houses in a year, The math doesn't add up there. No matter how many times you say the right things to that group of people, what you'll do is you'll find that I don't have enough people to talk to to support my goals. And that's something that we work with our partners with is establishing a game plan to make sure that um, dependent upon their goals that they have enough people to talk to that they have the right strategies to get in front of people that are looking to buy and sell real estate today and tomorrow, and that they're trained up to say the right things in the right scenarios, but then also held accountable to actually doing the work because you can have all of the skill sets in the world. You can have all of the opportunity in the world, but if you don't take action, you're going nowhere.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this has been very informative But I want to end, I'm going to do this every time. So the first one's a surprise for you. I want to end each episode with telling one of your most embarrassing moments in your life.
0: I'm supposed to end every episode with gonna... the most embarrassing moment okay, of my one life. one of,
1: one of. So I don't
0: have 26 of embarrassing moments. How? You want to know one, though, like that really sticks with me? Yeah. We haven't talked about this one. I'm surprising mm-hmm. you. Okay. We were at a family reunion once, and we were on a hayride. This was a thing that we did. It was in Oklahoma. Go figure. Mm-hmm. And so it was a big family reunion we went every year we always had this hayride i was like maybe eight nine maybe and uh, it's the most it's not the most embarrassing moment probably of my life but it's the most embarrassed i've ever felt in my life Mm -hmm. and my dad thought it would be a good idea to make me moon the truck behind us and like Dad. He was messing with me. He was trying to cheer me up. It did not work. Oh no. And so he made me moon the truck behind us, and then the truck behind us yelled back, "Crack kills."
1: <gasps> He's not wrong.
0: And uh, it was very embarrassing. So, yeah. How old were you? I was I think like 8 or 9.
1: Was that your first moon?
0: No, I mean, I I then developed into a shithead child that loved to moon people. Mm. but it was embarrassing at the, at the beginning. That was the first moon. That was the first full moon I ever showed. Wow. Yeah.
1: Good job, dad. Yeah. Thanks dad. Um, I'll give you one that's mildly similar, but not really. <laughs> um, so I think I, I was, I could not have been more than five years old and my family was up in Maine visiting our, my cousin and aunt and uncle. And they had, a friend I don't think he was related to anyone he was a friend staying with them he was probably maybe in his 20s if I was five I saw him as a grown man so he was probably like 20 something so I guess one morning you know we're all were staying in the house together at mm-hmm. my aunt and uncle's house so you know I was five I I walked into the bathroom innocently I opened the bathroom door and this this guy was taking a shower and I guess it was a clear it's completely clear. I don't know if there was a curtain. I just know it was completely clear and open and I saw my first wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and um this is not censored, we so I'm today. saying wiener, but he probably was more embarrassed, but I was so embarrassed. I did not want to see him. I couldn't look at him because that was the first wiener I'd ever seen. And who knows what my face did, but I ran away and it was horrifying.
0: So W is for wiener.
1: W is for wiener.
0: M is for moon.
1: M is for moon. Oh, We'll leave it there.
0: Thanks for sharing that, I think. Um, So next episode, we're going to start our ABC series, and we're going to go A through Z and talk about some sort of topic related to the real estate industry, business or self-development, real estate investing, things that our team is passionate about or that we're learning along the way. But as we mentioned earlier, A is for assholes.
1: Assholes.
0: So I hope – to share some great stories and hopefully really some great actual tactical advice mm-hmm. on how to avoid being an asshole, what an asshole looks like.
1: <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going to go over that. Um, part.
0: And uh, <laughs> like how to tactfully handle jerks in life and in business in a way that doesn't make you look like them.
1: Yes. We don't want to look like Assholes.
0: Yeah. A is for asshole. B is for butthole.
1: Nope.
0: Nope. (laughs) All right. Till next time. Okay. That was fun. And that wraps up our episode of P is for Properties. I'm Landon Stone. It's been a pleasure diving into the world of real estate with you today. Remember, each episode is a step in our journey through the alphabet of real estate. We've covered a little bit today, but there's so much more to explore and I can't wait to share it with you all, one letter at a time. If today's episode sparked a question or if there's a topic you're eager to hear about, reach out to us. Your feedback is what shapes this show. Don't forget to subscribe to P is for properties wherever you get your podcasts. This way you won't miss out on any of our upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review. It helps others discover us and join our growing community of real estate enthusiasts. Next time we'll be diving into another letter, bringing up fresh insights and hopefully some valuable discussions. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pushing forward in your property journey. This is Landon Stone signing off from Pias for Properties. Stay curious, stay informed, and above all, stay connected.
1: Take care.